Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, a radio.com sports station presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Welcome back to Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine. I'm David Haw on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. And now we are pleased to go out to the Score Hotline presented by Al Pamonte Ford. Al Pamonte Ford in Melrose Park on North Avenue or APFord.com. He is known as Anthony Joseph Iaposi. We know him as Post. And uh, he is joining us and giving us his time. And we appreciate it on a Saturday morning on Inside the Clubhouse. Anthony Post, what's going on, my friend? How are you? Thanks for joining us. Good morning, Anthony. Great intro. Appreciate it. What's up, fellas? Good morning. Thanks for having me on. How you guys doing? Yeah, we we appreciate it very much. Um, you've been around for a while. You've been a hitting coach for a long time now. You've been in baseball your whole life. In your mind, what makes a good hitting coach? Uh... Man, just, just being a constant learner, um, everything around you, not necessarily trying to stay ahead, but being a constant learner on all sides. Today's, today's game, you, you need help. You need to be a hybrid. You need to know everything, not only about the human being that you're dealing with, but also the swing, the data, the analytics, and you don't have to know everything, but surround yourself with good people. Um, I think also being a coach in, in baseball, it's it's one of the few – few games where practice and hitting humbles you where it's still challenging um, to hit the ball extremely hard in practice. So uh, having empathy and, and then just kind of being there for the guys, especially um, with this time during the pandemic, it's really being there for the players and, and, and just kind of showing up for them all the time. Anthony, with so much uncertainty surrounding the schedule for spring training, it could, it could open as early as two weeks and as, as far away as maybe six, the, the state of flux that that creates – What's going on now? Because I know it's not like it used to be where players come back and they go to the spring training after long winters away. Sometimes players uh, spend a lot of the off season already working with uh, drills and at the facilities. And I just wondered at this point in time, what's going on now and how does that uncertainty affect your planning? I think, I think going through last year, dealing with the uncertainty, um, as far as scheduling or as far as players getting prepared um, has really prepared them actually for this moment today to where there is, there is no panic in getting ready. Everybody has challenged their own facilities at home. 
um, where there is space and they've created, as far as a hitting point, uh, hitting standpoint, cages or definitely weight rooms, guys in their garage still getting the same work that they would normally do, being able to run around outside in spacious places. So, um, also, you're very proud of the guys just being able to roll with the punches last year with, with game time changes. So, this year, I think knowing that those things can happen at any single moment, the guys are, are prepared and ready to roll with it. So, as soon as they get the call of when they have to go, they'll be able to show up and, and hit the ground running. How difficult was that for you and David Ross, the staff, Theo Epstein, and uh, Jed Hoyer last year, knowing that you had a shortened season, uh, you had a collective hitting slump among the team, and you don't want to overreact to situations, as you said, coming in, and, and so appropriately, you deal with each player individually, and that's a key to know what makes them tick. Uh, how did you deal with the, the collective slump individually last year sure well first you know what comes from the top like just as far as handling the situation with theo jed and, and david and rossi the way they handle things and the way they you know, prepare guys and, and keep kept guys up to date daily andy green was tremendous with the scheduling making you know tons of schedules and then just deciding and then having to change it on the fly as as well as vj uh handling all all player player things that they needed at specific times guys being away from their family so i think uh handle it was it was how i explain it it was 60 games and it was the longest shortest season i've ever been a part of <laughs> uh there, you know i mean and you talk to the coaches who were on the ground every day especially you know i didn't get to see my family for the whole season and that's the first time that ever happened that's the longest for me as a coach that i've ever been away from from my family so i don't even know if i handled it uh correctly you know, because you miss your family, your FaceTime, and some of the players went through that as well. Um, and just learning how to do restrictions, how to change your routines. Um, you're talking about some veteran guys who, who establish routines. And it's just not easy to let go of something that you've been doing for six or seven years um, just to change it on the fly and try to squeeze in 200 at-bats and then, you know, worry about being judged by your peers about, you know, what 60 games could bring. A guy could have a bad 60 games and play the next 100 at an all-star level and finish up being the MVP of the league. So um, it was just it was just guys showing up for each other. I was really proud of the guys that there there wasn't a, a, a positive test among them. They really took it to heart with our leadership, with, with Riz and Jay Hay and KB and Schwabs and, and the way they talked to guys and Wilson. And then they just did a tremendous job uh, sticking by each other even when – even when guys weren't at their best, you know. So everybody tried to get off to a, a hot start. And sometimes that backfires on you, but then you realize you don't have that time to make up. So you, you maybe, you know, not panic, but but try to hunt the hit too soon. And then the next thing you know, you, you look back and like, what am I doing? Let me just let me just have my good at bat. So I think some guys learned a lot about themselves and a lot about each other and really looking forward to, to this spring and the season with these guys, especially some of these guys coming into the, their contract year. We're talking with Cubs hitting instructor Anthony Iaposi here on Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine. I'm David Haw until 11 o'clock. And, and Anthony, you mentioned the 60-game season, and certainly it wasn't Chris Bryant's finest hour, and he struggled with this in those 60 games, and yet we've seen enough of him in Chicago to know that was maybe the exception to the rule. And when you look at what to expect from Chris and, and how he has been you know, affected by that or what to expect from him in this season – mechanical, mental, where, where are you with Chris Bryant and what needs to happen for him to regain that, uh, that form? 
full season. You know, KB's one of the best players in baseball. Um, the way he runs the bases, you know, like we talk about like who the best hitters are, who the actual best players are, but KB is for me is one of the top five players in the league because he could play every position above average, you know, just from a defensive standpoint and a base running thing. And he could play shortstop. There's, there's plenty of, of superior athletes in baseball that cannot play shortstop, right? Uh, KB could do everything from a hitting standpoint. He's going to be just fine. Um, you know, he would he play 35 games last year. That's, so that's one month of a six month season. And mm-hmm. the thing about the hundred, the 162 and playing a full season when Chris does, and if you just put him at third base, he's one of the top third basemen in the league when he averages, you know, 160 games or 150 games per season. So he plays that many games. He gets that many at bats. He's going to be, you know, one of the best third basemen in the league. So, I don't think you judge him or anybody else in the league, even somebody like a Christian Yelich last year on, on not necessarily their performance, but he still showed up every day and he had some bang, bang, bang up injuries and still tried to play through it. And this says a lot about Chris and who he is. And uh, I'm really excited to see him go out there and, and, and run around and play. Post, where are, where are the Cubs at philosophically as far as hitting goes? Um, you know, we, we've been through the launch angle era. We're now hearing about uh, the contact era coming back. Players signed, developed, and uh, taught to hit from left, left uh, center, right center, you know, a line drive approach. Um, is, is there such a thing as a collective approach in baseball? Is that healthy for the game? Is that something uh, that the, the Cubs uh, want to teach? Where, where are we at? Uh, for the Chicago Cubs and you in your collective and individual teaching? Sure. You know, you know I've, I've coached under some different managers um, in the big leagues and even when I was coordinating to, to set the tone down in the minor leagues. You know, you want to hear from the manager first. Um, you know, and Rossi definitely wants that that collective thing where, where guys are having at-bats for each other. And, and, and all that means is, you know, like just understand the pace of the game. But you still got to be, you know, unselfishly selfish, selfishly unselfish, I guess, if that makes sense, you know, because you're alone in the box and, and it's you by yourself. So um, you still want players to be – in this game today, it's been so individualized from a Major League Baseball standpoint and even on the amateur side um, where it's, it's not challenging at times to get guys to pull together in a constructive lineup, but it, it can be at times if, if guys uh, are not hitting – you know, you, you, you become inner into yourself and you kind of pull away from the team because you want to do good. So it's really keeping guys up through those moments. But, yeah, you definitely want guys to to move the ball around the field. And, you know, your lineup's going to be constructed of what type of hitter you have. You know, you're not going to mm-hmm. ask a guy who's uh, a pull hitter just to start shooting balls the other way and then he starts doing that and then he loses his strength to the pull side or somebody who uses – you know, the whole field, like a, a Wilson or a Javi that could, could drive balls out of the park to right center and right field at Wrigley, uh, just go up there, hey, get on the plane, start pulling the balls, and then they start losing their contact. So you really try to find um, the individuality of each guy and trying to build that team ego. And also, that you know, not only by the manager and the hitting coach and the coaching staff, but when you get the group together in a room and start a spring training and, and you know, you let the, the big guys talk of, of what the expectations of the guys in the lineup. So – um, it's definitely become more challenging, I think. But I, I think people are missing it uh, watching baseball. 
um, because of you know the way the contact in baseball has gone down tremendously, and some of it has to do with the pitching. Um, I think also has some of it has to do with the mindset of of, of the hitter too, and what they're trying to do. We're talking with Cubs hitting instructor Anthony Iaposi here for a few more minutes on the score. I don't know how much you're familiar with Jock Peterson, the new Cubs outfielder. That was the big news in the past week, and 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 how you indoctrinate a new hitter into your mindset, into the thinking, into the organization. And, and, and Anthony, from the outside looking in, obviously we plug in numbers in baseball. So we look at Jock Peterson and we compare him to Kyle Schwarber and we say they're, they're similar hitters because they're both power guys from the same side of the plate and they can do this or do that. But when you study them as a hitting instructor, are they similar and, and how are they different? Well, like you just said, if you look at the stats, they're, they're pretty similar, right? Um, but they're definitely different. They're, they're, you know, different swings, different body types, different mindsets. You know, they, they grew up different. They, they, um, they grew up in different areas and they played in different organizations. So they heard from different coaches. So you, you know, when I was first started coaching, I was huge into just comparing everybody. And then you realize that that doesn't even work until you get to know the, the person. So, uh, truly excited about having having Jock and seeing playing the minor leagues and obviously in the big leagues. But then you know to have somebody from from a winning organization, uh, especially somebody who you know from the Dodgers who've been pretty good as a group the last few years and and, and mixing them in with our guys uh, who have also you know won some big time games and and having to mix in is is going to be tremendous. But he brings a lot to the table, man. He's got a really good swing. He could use the whole field. You know the way the wind goes out and into left center at Wrigley, he's able to go opposite field gap for some for some extra base hits. So and he's, he's going to be real competitive. He's going to be competitive at the plate and watch the way he plays. So um, I think for me, it's it's um, you know being a major league coach and also being a coordinator for six years in multiple organizations, you've learned you know not to rush on guys and and to let them explain to you what they like to do and learn from them and learn what the things that they do they do good and the things that they want to improve on and then. You're just patient, and then you then you get to work, and you get to learn the guy. Post, as a, as you just mentioned, I'll, I'll jump on that answer uh, of yours and and take it up maybe a step further. You, you're a you've always been an organization guy, uh, a development guy, just a, a, a regular team type person. When you see um, when you see a guy like Horner come up, and uh, you you see him struggle at the big league level from time to time. And, and you know in your heart of hearts, and again, I'm, I'm putting words in your mouth, so correct me if I'm wrong, that a guy, uh, that a guy like that could use another year in the minor leagues or, or three months uh, just to, to hone his skills down, but you don't have that like last year. Um, how, how difficult is it for you to look at last, last year from, uh, from your own team's perspective, baseball's perspective, that minor leaguers really never had a, a chance, uh, that it was a in a, in a sense, a, a wasted year for a lot of guys developing. Sure, sure. It's just a challenge. Our our, our staff over in South Bend did a tremendous job, and Chris Valleca was over there with, with the hitters every day and Marty Peavy and AAA manager, um, which was a really challenge for those guys, and, and, and especially from the pitching side, those guys came over and helped. But, like, you know, and, and you talk about Nico Horner last year is, is it, you know, is he going to help the team win, you know, last year without the development that he needed? Yeah, he could come off the bench. He could play multiple positions. He's put together good at bat. He can make contact when he needs to. Um, so he's learning on the fly. And credit to Nico, um, 
just how inquisitive he is about the game and trying to learn on the fly. And he understands that. So he doesn't really get too down on himself because he sees the big picture of his, his career. And, you know, he has to, he's trying to learn these things as fast as possible. And he doesn't have the, um, like in the minor leagues, if a guy's working on something, you could work on it for about a month because, you know, you're still trying to develop winning in the big leagues, but you could still handle failure a little bit better because in the big leagues, it's, it's just about winning. So, um, he's done a tremendous job on the fly. Um, and you look at the guys who, who flew through the system with the at-bats, uh, he's he's half of those at-bats, mm-hmm. you know, without even playing a right. full season in the big league. So it's not disappointing. You know, you want to see when a guy comes up. Um, he's still, you know, I can remember coordinating and, and be like, hey, is this guy ready? And like, oh, yeah, he's this guy, you know, not Nico. This guy's ready. He's the best. And then he gets sent down three weeks later, and then and then they call up another guy who's just trying to fill in. He plays ten years in the big leagues, so you <laughs> never you never truly know once the guy gets there. Once the guy gets there, how is he going to handle every you know the emotional side and everything around it, and, and how does he fit in part of the team? And Nico's a, Nico's a great a great fit, and he's going to be pretty good be a pretty good ball player for a long time. When you look back at the 60-game season and how unusual it was, and for reasons you pointed out, you can't read too much into maybe the numbers and the final result, but when you reflect back and study it, was there a, a hitter who, whose growth you were proudest of or who surprised you in a way that you didn't expect because of it either you know, it, it just did things and it adjusted quicker to the elements or to the, the oddities of last season? Does anyone come to mind when I say that? I think... You know, they they were all. I would say nobody surprised me. You know, everybody's going to say Ian Hatt was was great last year, but didn't really surprise me because of what he was able to do in September of last year when he when he came back up and made some some minor adjustments. But I was I was really proud of Ian the way he handled you know starting at the bottom of the lineup and then you know kind of carried us um, uh, through the beginning. You know, driving guys in and then. Being, you know, you never know when you're going to put that guy in the top of the lineup how it's going to happen, right? Even though you're expecting, oh, it's just it's it's the same, just do your thing. But you know, mentally, you you might change your mindset. Okay, I need to see more pitches. I need to get on base, which is not necessarily the case with him because if they throw a first pitch fastball, he could lead off the game one nothing or hit a double or, or whatever. He's got speed to go first to third. So just the way he handled the leadoff spot, I thought was tremendous. I was really proud of him on that because pe- people think it's just easy to, to move around the lineup, but players like to be comfortable in certain areas because, you know, they want to see their name in the lineup and, and certain things. And that took a while for me to understand uh, being in the big leagues that it, it does affect some guys and the way he handled it and to, to be there in the catalyst for those guys. I thought, I thought he was, I thought he was tremendous in that because leading off in the big leagues is not an easy thing, especially with the, the pitching they're facing today, the first time through the lineup. Because after a couple of times, that guy's gone. So be, to be able to get on base at least once against that starter and maybe score a run is huge. Post, uh, we appreciate it uh, so much. Uh, thank you for your time. I know, um, you know, you have day. Your days begin at 6 a.m. They they end at uh, midnight. So uh, all the best to you and your family. <laughs> Stay happy and healthy. Hopefully, we can have some face-to-face time uh, at some point during 2021 where we can all get sick of each other again, right? <laughs> you got it, Bruce. All, all right. right, guys. Appreciate you, man. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks Anthony. Thanks Anthony Iaposi, the Cubs hitting instructor, Bruce. A lot to say there, a lot to go through, and a lot of good young hitters on, on the Cubs who, 
from a hit from a coaching standpoint, he's got to be eager to get his hands on, uh, not literally, but figuratively when they report to spring training, whenever that may be. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, you know, a, a great communicator, you know, hitting coach these days, pitching coach, you know, the, the mental side of it is so huge. It, it always has been, but more, more so uh, in, in the last 10 years or so where you are dealing with individuals and the sensitivity of individuals more so than you ever. He's Bruce Levine. I'm David Haw here for another half hour or so on Inside the Clubhouse here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. One and two. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. How about Trevor Bauer? First and third. Nobody out. Three straight punch outs. Inside the Clubhouse here on 670 The Score with Bruce Levine. I'm David Haw. For a little while longer, talking baseball, that was a highlight from Fox Sports Ohio about Trevor Bauer, the Cy Young Award winner in the National League. Bruce, and he became a Dodger yesterday. The rich get richer, a $102 million contract creatively structured with $40 million next season, 45 the season after that in 2022. Opt-outs after the both of the first seasons. This was the deal that Trevor Bauer seemingly wanted in terms of the short-term commitment, but this is not the deal that we woke up Friday morning thinking he had signed. There was there were reports, multiple reports, on Thursday night he had agreed to the Mets, and yet here we are. He had the YouTube video, the cool reveal. If you watch it at the end of his YouTube video, slickly produced, he says that he's a Dodger. He had a Dodger uniform on, and Trevor Bauer back in his home town and going to be wearing the Dodger blue, the rich get richer. I guess, um, you know, we, we look at his year <laughs> as a phenomenal one last year, you know, um, you know, he, he started 12 games, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, but here's what he gets for 12 phenomenal games. You look at his career before that, there's only one season where he's under four for an ERA. Okay. So I'm not questioning the quality of his abilities. We've seen his abilities take him to the highest level. But the consistency of what you're going to get out of $40 million investment, uh, you know, f- say it slowly, $40 million a year, the first $40 million player really in uh, Major League Baseball. I mean, I think, you know, Betts is going to be up there and Trout at a certain point. But um this is a guy that uh, plays every five game, every five days, right? So Bruce, uh, what a country. Yeah, yeah what, a, what country. a country indeed. But, Bruce, when you look at last year's offseason and the Yankees investing $324 million, that's a quarter of a, of a billion, but, but, but billion dollars in Garrett Cole. <laughs> this, to me, almost looks like a relative bargain, uh, a, 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 more of a smarter investment because it is short-term. And, yes, it's a lot of money, but it is the price of playing poker in the major leagues when you're talking about a, a acquiring an ace. And I think in Chicago, if you, we want to respect and commend the U Darvish season and what the Cubs lost in getting rid of a guy who was at the top of his profession and game when they traded him to the Padres, we've got to give the same credit due Trevor Bauer for doing what he did in a truncated season and dominating to the extent that he did. I guess. Okay. Grudgingly, You're I will. You're skeptical, Bruce. You're skeptical of the Dodgers now. You I'm, think this I'm is a skeptical. Bad move? I'm, 
I'm yeah, I'm skeptical that uh, he can perform up to that over 33 games. Okay, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, again, that's what you're going to expect. Anything short of that that type of year that he had last year, David, will be right. uh, in a, will be in not not appropriate for the money they gave him. Correct? You know, if he happens to go uh, 12 and 10 with a 3.5 ERA, which is a, a good season for an average pitcher. Uh, if he happens to go with something like that, what, what will people say about the investment and was it worth it? Dodgers will likely still win their uh, their division, although San Diego is going to have a lot to say about that next year. Uh, they probably likely will still be in the playoffs. But from the perspective of uh, reality, you know, is $40 million, you know, for a guy like this and then talking about opt outs for people. Uh, you know, like uh, the Arenado contract, getting a second uh, opt-out year in 22 now added to the contract. You know, give me a break. Who's going to give these guys more than that uh, the following year? And, and why Why would you? You know, I mean, I, I just I don't understand the perspective of some of this. I think they probably do it to preserve their freedom and also – in the case of Trevor Bauer, he gets a lot of the money up front, and maybe he, he turns that and, for whatever reason, wants a longer commitment. And maybe Bruce is protected, protecting them from the idea maybe they, it's a bad fit or maybe it's, a, it's something that doesn't work. I think it's less likely not to work in the, in the case of, of an Arenado who doesn't seem to be a guy that would have a hard time adapting, adjusting, or being a clubhouse issue. Trevor Bauer does nothing quietly, though, and we know that he's going to come onto the scene and he's going to soak up a lot of the uh, atmosphere and the attention. And you wonder how he will blend into the Dodger culture uh, because of his tendency to find controversy, and that is who he is, and I think that's what he'll embrace. But you don't know if he'll enjoy that, and you don't know how much the Dodgers will enjoy him. But I think if he's pitching as dominantly as he did last year, everyone will find a way to get along. Look, I've never rooted against players, okay? I've never done it. You know, in my career, even as a kid, I never rooted against uh, players because I I saw and I I eventually learned how difficult of a job it is to be a major league uh, player. And then the perplexity of being really good every day. I mean, to me, I'm still in awe of great pitchers, great players who can go out there and be consistently better than everybody else. So uh, I'm not rooting against Trevor Bauer. But um, again, um, I, I just, you know, you, you just see $40 million for a pitcher guy that goes every five days and you go, you know, this, you know, this is really, it's a, it's a great country. It's a great sport. It's a great world we live in. How do you see the Cubs pivoting, going to the other end of the spectrum? They're not going to be spending $40 million, maybe on their entire uh, rotation, based on the way things are looking. They're they're definitely looking to get guys coming in that are maybe low cost, uh, maybe low risk, high reward. You know, Trevor Williams is somebody they signed this week to kind of fit into the mix somehow. And then they're still taking a look and considering Jake Arrieta, Jeff Samarja. Uh, Fulton Awitz. I, I think that uh, the, these are situations that are, you know, projects, kind of reclamation deals. And how do you think that they're going to fill out their rotation? And is there anything in the offing this week? Yeah, I think so. And I think, 
you mentioned Samarja. I, I think they were marginally interested in Samarja after watching him. I think they're more than marginally interested in in bringing back uh, Arietta. How would you feel about that, David? Do you think Cub Nation, knowing that you know he hasn't been great, um, you know, you talk about the seventy-five million dollars that he made in Philadelphia, and you look at his record, which is under five hundred and an ERA over four. Um, will, will Cub Nation welcome Arietta back to the point where you know he is the guy that they said goodbye to four years ago, and uh, will that make people feel better about the team? Uh, maybe, but I think it's a false positive, Bruce. I, I don't know about second acts with teams that aren't ready to win. I think you're asking for trouble uh, a little bit. I, I don't know that I would uh, embrace that as much as, depending on what they're paying him. You know, I suppose it sounds like Scott Boris is in charge, so he would want between eight and ten million dollars. That seems a little rich for my blood if I'm if I'm Jed Hoyer. But, uh, look, Jake Arrieta is, is a guy who didn't necessarily fit in in Philadelphia based on reports, but you know that he would in Chicago based on history. And so he would be welcomed, and I think he would be given the benefit of the doubt. I just don't know at this stage of his career how much he has left to offer and if it would be worth sort of, you know, the, the, the image of Jake Arrieta, he walked away, you know, triumphantly. He walked away with a little baseball romance still alive with his, you know, our, our thoughts of Jake Arrieta are, are good ones in Chicago. Do you want to come back and, and uh, do something, even though it wouldn't tarnish his legacy? It would, it would change it a little bit if he's, if he's not the same pitcher, and you don't want to see that happen just for the sake of nostalgia. David, the Cubs are going to have to be a really outstanding defensive team because you do not have a power arm in that rotation, and you have very few power arms in the bullpen. David, this has been fun. I hope you want to do it again. I've driven, you know, probably 80 or 90 guys away from this show uh, <laughs> over the baseball shows I've done for the last 30 years. So well, I hope you stay. I enjoyed uh, doing it with you today. i got to check to see what uh, Rob Manfred has to say about the schedule of baseball <laughs> before I know what my next couple Saturdays look like, Bruce. But this was a lot of fun. We thank our guest, Anthony Iaposi. We thank Claire Smith for joining us. And thank you, Bruce, for leading us through the clubhouse here it has been a lot of fun here on the score stay tuned because we have DePaul basketball at Butler next with the great Zach Zaidman for Bruce Levine I'm David Haw inside the clubhouse here at Chicago Sports Radio 670 the score we really need new phones T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month new iPhone 15s it's better over here. only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.